Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. I don't think it's an understatement to call Sang Ho Yun's 2016 film Train to Busan one of the most emotionally charged zombie films ever made. Hell, it's one of the best zombie films ever made. A unique spin on the zombie subgenre by isolating characters to a moving train which, you guessed it, becomes infested with zombies. Well regarded, not only for its creative premise but also for its emotional drive came from compelling characters who broke the traditional zombie archetypes. So, you might imagine that the follow-up to Train to Busan would have some rather high expectations leading to its release. Some might even say, unrealistically high expectations at that. Once again directed by Sang Ho Yeon, Train to Busan Presents Peninsula, which is currently streaming on Hoopla, picks up four years after the events of the previous film. It's important to understand that Peninsula is not a sequel to Train to Busan. This is not a continuation of that story. Rather, a new story with a new cast of survivors occurring within the same universe as Train to Busan. More on this in a moment. Peninsula focuses on a group of survivors who are tasked with venturing back to the Korean Peninsula to recover $20 million that a previous group failed to retrieve. Once they arrive within the peninsula, they realize that they must contend with more than just the undead if they want to achieve their goal. I think it's important up front to tell you all that you should absolutely not go into Peninsula expecting a similar film to Train to Busan. Peninsula could not be more different tonally, emotionally, or its narrative sense of scale. While Train to Busan was a tightly constructed, character-driven narrative with a unique, isolated setting, Peninsula is very much the polar opposite. Peninsula is a larger-than-life action zombie spectacle that blends a post-apocalyptic setting, a la Mad Max, and blends it with the high-octane action of the Fast and the Furious franchise. This makes for a film that is very much its own thing. To the degree, it's invoking the Train to Busan Presents moniker is a blatant marketing move. Obviously, no director or writer in their right mind would miss the opportunity to connect the dots between a highly lauded film and their latest release. I get this, I really do. An example of failing to do this stateside would be 2019's Doctor Sleep, a fantastic film that few people showed up to watch in theaters, mostly due to casual audiences not immediately knowing that it had a connection to The Shining. And we all know how much general audiences like taking risks on films they perceive as being original works compared to that of sequels and the like. Had Dr. Sleep been titled The Shining 2, Dr. Sleep, I bet it would have done far better at the box office. And while that's speculation on my part, I would bet that had Peninsula dropped Train to Busan Presents from its title, the film would more than likely have performed far worse than it did. And while from a marketing perspective, I understand the decision, considering how different of a film Peninsula is, with almost zero connection to the previous film, it rubs me the wrong way. But let's start by diving into Peninsula's action, as this is the only real draw of the film. Given our protagonist, Jung Suk, is a former military member traumatized by those he lost during the initial zombie outbreak, you could say he's looking for an opportunity to let off some steam. He does this by employing John Wick-style gun-fu, pulling off zombie headshots with all manner of automatic weaponry. These moments of zombie gun-fu are entertaining and have some decent choreography to back them up, but this approach presents violence in the same fantasy manner that John Wick does, which is fine, but it eliminates any semblance or stakes of danger for our protagonist, which makes this less of a horror film and more of a straight-up action flick. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform or leaving a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, which drives the show's success. 
And now, without further ado, let's get back to today's horrifying episode. Peninsula divides its action between gunning down zombie hordes as well as its Fast and the Furious car combat, which is definitely the more uneven part of the film's action. In case you were wondering just how much of a spectacle Peninsula is, characters literally drift their vehicles into hordes of zombies to clear paths to their objective. Now, this is entertaining enough at first, mostly due to the ludicrous nature of it, but it quickly becomes tiresome thanks to the lunacy of it all and some less than stellar CGI. This is very apparent during the film's big finale chase sequence, when droves of Mad Max-esque psychopaths' vehicles are chasing our protagonists as they attempt to escape the peninsula. Again, there are some entertaining moments here, but the spectacle of just how big and in-your-face the action is quickly wears off the longer the film progresses. But at the core of my disappointment with Peninsula is its story and characters who are mostly entirely forgettable. Jung Seok's entire character arc is that of the tortured soldiers seeking redemption for past sins, which is flimsy at best and uninspired at its worst. The other survivors, crazed Mad Max villains or not, for the most part, never amount to more than cliched footnotes in a film that pushes its uninspired narrative far more than it should. The most interesting and entertaining aspect of the story is the zombified Thunderdome segment. A survivor encampment has begun kidnapping people they discover in the peninsula, enslaving them, and forcing them to participate in their game show. This entails throwing slaves into a caged-in area with zombies and forcing them to survive for two minutes, shucking and driving their way out of being bit. This very much feels like a zombified take on Thunderdome and serves as the most tense part of the film, but it's a short-lived segment against the majority of a film it feels as if it's going by the numbers. Much like its action, the narrative here feels like a smorgasbord of ideas we've all seen executed on countless times before in much better films. Now, I can't really call Train to Busan Presents Peninsula an underwhelming follow-up film because it really isn't a follow-up. A loosely shared universe doesn't justify its Busan moniker, and I think most who are unaware of this will be far more disappointed if they go into the film expecting anything remotely similar to its predecessor on its own, separate from Train to Busan, I think it's a middling zombie action film that wears its heavy genre influences on its sleeve, only really doing right by these influences occasionally. If you're in the mood for larger-than-life zombie action, you're likely to get more entertainment out of this than most will. Just don't expect it to be a genre-defying film. So, if that fits the bill for you, check out Train to Busan Presents Peninsula on Hoopla. And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram and at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.